All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Know Your Numbers podcast. This is your host, Chris McCormick, and today's episode is with Bo Beery. Bo is a multifamily expert. He is a broker and agent. He also invests, and uh, he has a YouTube channel where he produces content related to all things multifamily. He is down in the Gainesville, Florida region. His YouTube channel is Bo Knows Multifamily. And he is the proud owner of Bo Beery Multifamily Advisors, where he and his team help investors find profitable investments and grow their wealth. So I'm very excited to bring this episode to you. Uh, Bo is, again, a wealth of knowledge. He, he knows the industry like, like none other, and uh, he's willing to share. He is a great content creator. He produces great content on LinkedIn and obviously his YouTube channel. And uh, he provided some great tips on that end. Now, before we get to the episode, I would love for you all to do a big favor and subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple, YouTube. We are getting our YouTube channel up and running. We've had some hiccups along the way, but we do appreciate all the love we receive in the form of subscriptions and ratings and reviews. So if you get anything out of this episode, go ahead and do us a favor by leaving a review and uh, share it with a friend. And we're looking to grow this thing. We're looking to uh, share this knowledge with people out there. So if there's anything that you find of value or you find that somebody else might find valuable, we would appreciate if you do yourself a favor and do your friends a favor by sharing it with them. Uh, that being said, we really appreciate you. If there's anyone you would like to see on the show, uh, if there's anything you would like to hear more of on the show, feel free to reach out to me. My Instagram, my LinkedIn are linked in the show notes. And uh, above all else, we really appreciate your feedback and you, the listener. So all that being said, I am excited to bring you episode 70 of the Know Your Numbers podcast with our guest, Bo Beery. Well, welcome. This is the Know Your Numbers podcast. Your host, Chris McCormick. Today's guest is very special out of the uh, Florida region. He's a multifamily real estate agent, and uh, he does all things multifamily. He's got a YouTube channel. He's got a book, and he's uh, <laughs> crushing the game down there. Bo, Bo Beery, welcome to the show, man. I'm happy to have you, and I can't wait to dive in. Yeah, me too, man. I'm glad we connected, and I'm excited to be on here. Let's do this. Amen, amen. Well, yeah, why don't you uh, start us off by just giving a little background on yourself, what got you sure. uh, interested in real estate, where you find yourself now. I see a lot of properties behind you, um, Yep, <laughs> all, all looking pretty beautiful, so I'd love to hear what those are all about. Yeah, um, I went to, I did my undergrad at the University of Florida in marketing, uh, graduated from there, went and worked uh, on site at an apartment complex. It was a 400 unit apartment complex. I just did leasing and property management, you know, making 30, 35,000 a year. Um, and that was in the late nineties, uh, Tremel Crow residential was the company. And, you know, they were the large, one of the largest apartment developers in the country at the time. I didn't know that. I just, I needed a job and uh, I thought that was a great place to go. And my dad had been a, a residential real estate broker for a long time. So I'm like, ah, you know, whatever, right? They're, they're hiring. I'll go on there. Right. Yeah. And uh, I was top in sales uh, or leasing within a few months. And 
the property manager was really cool that she would show me all the books. And, you know, I was watching this at the time it was a $30 million asset being paid for by, you know, 800 people that lived in these units. And I never saw the owners. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, <laughs> this is crazy that this could happen. Right. Um, so I decided, Hey, let me, I'm going to go back and, and, uh, and, and do a master's degree. I mean, UF had at the time, I think it was like either top 10 or top five graduate real estate programs in the country. And so it took me about a year to get in. I had to take the GMAT. I had to have, you know, letters of recommendation, all this stuff. My GPA was kind of okay. Um, So I finally got in after a year. I did that program. It was about a one-year program. Graduated in 2002. Went and worked for a developer based in Gainesville, but they invested all over the Southeast. uh, Office, retail, industrial, multifamily. I brokered and managed the portfolio. Um, I then, in the later years, uh, assisted in a lot of the acquisitions. That was awesome. I still own assets uh, with that gentleman. Um, There was an opportunity that came up in 2009 or 10 to acquire a Coldwell Banker and Coldwell Banker commercial franchises, which I did with some partners. Um, I went in exclusively to multifamily brokerage. And uh, it was awesome. I was, you know, top three in the world for Coldwell Banker Commercial and multifamily almost every year. I was number one in Florida every year. Um, I sold back my franchise to my partners in 2020. And this year, I just kind of started my own little boutique multifamily brokerage firm. It's just me. I have, you know, some staff members and I kind of farm out everything else. And that's the way I like it. So I, I I broker anything over 10 units. Um, market rate or student housing, but most of my stuff is between, you know, 20 and 200 units. Um, you know, like right now I'm doing a 330 unit one and I'm doing a quarter billion dollar student housing portfolio. <laughs> so they can swing either way, but most of them kind of end up in that, in that range there. Wow. That's awesome, man. And it's, uh, it goes without saying that you, you got the experience and the knowledge and the wherewithal. I think, um, a lot of times when people think of multifamily, they think of this big, intimidating, um, <laughs> almost opponent, I guess. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear your your thoughts on on somebody who's looking to get started in real estate. They, they might yep. be thinking single families because that's that's what they, they believe is all they can um, acquire as their first property. Why would they be, why should they be interested in the multifamily space or should they try to get their feet wet with, with a single family to, to get started? Or is it, what, what would you recommend there? Yeah. Um, no, that's a great question. Um, so I'll, I'll take it from a couple different people, right? So yep. let's look at the person who's in their twenties, um, young, they have, maybe they're out of college now, they have a secure job. Mm-hmm. They're not making a ton of money yet, but they're, they want to start investing. You know, they may be someone like you, right? Right. And, and so um, I would, if I had to do it all over again, what my, what my wife and I did was we would buy a house, live in it for two years, sell it, roll the capital gains. And we did that over and over and over again until we would like pay cash for our house. And it was, and we were in our twenties doing that stuff. Right. That's an easy way. However, if I had to do it all over again, knowing what I know now, I would have invested in duplexes, triplexes, or quadruplexes lived in one of them and rented out the other few, as long as it's in a good area. Right. Because, you know, we were also raising, you know, uh, trying to raise a family and I want to I want to have, you know, tenants. But that's an awesome way to come in there, have homestead exemption, you know, three other tenants paying for yourself, 
and then just keep rolling that if you want it. I mean, that's an easy one. If you're already established, you don't want to live next to your tenants. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe the under 10 unit world, um, to, me, to me, houses are inefficient. Okay. If, if, you just, if there just isn't much duplexes, triplexes, quadruplexes, or eightplexes in your market, sure, do houses. But they're just incredibly inefficient. I mean, right. you're essentially, you're, you're amortizing taxes, insurance, operating expenses, repairs, all these things over one unit mm-hmm. instead of two, three, four, or eight units, right? Yep. And what happens is the little secret is, you know, the, not, not only do the, the taxes, insurance, and operating expenses become obviously smaller per unit, but there's also a, an economy of scale break from yep. tax assessors, Right. 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 So it's, um, you know, where, where a one unit house, maybe $3,000. Okay. It's probably going to be $3,000 for an entire quad. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then the per unit valuation is looked at as less value than a home mm-hmm. because you're attached to someone. And so anyway, I, I just would go straight into duplexes to aplexes, looking for those kinds of assets, because once you go above 10 units and especially 20 units, Yep. You start to compete against some really good operators and some wow. really good folks that this is all they do. And there's still some amazing investors under 10 units. Don't get me wrong. The competition is still going to be fierce, but you're at least not competing with as many folks who pay cash, go hard day one and mm-hmm. own hundreds and hundreds of units. Yep. Right. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then, you know, kind of the, so that's, that's the two people. The one person is, Hey, if you can, if you can move into a duplex and rent out the other side, do it. If you have to buy it as an investment, cause you already live in a home and you don't want to have that hassle that that's also a good way to go. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's so good. Um, there's a couple things that you touched upon that I'd love to dive a little bit more into, but I do want to, uh, talk a little bit about competition and the fact that, yeah um real estate there is competition i mean it is kind of it's a cool network like everybody's kind of working together and and likes to uh um help each other out but at the same time people are looking to get their deals and and invest in the properties that make sense to them so um for somebody who's who again going kind of back to the intimidation factor and, and not knowing that you have the ability to do it how could somebody provide value without having the experience, the, the time yeah. dedicated to anal- analyzing deals or the cash to, to buy all cash multifamily offers. What, what's yeah. a good way to provide that value as that's so important? Honestly, the, the only way that a new person, and whether it's duplexes, quadruplexes, or you're looking at a 20, 30 unit asset, and this is coming from a broker who, who you know, brokers do the vast majority of every deal right? Yep. Because these are owned by people who know they can hire a broker and get 10 offers in two weeks. So of course mm-hmm. you're hiring brokers. And the larger the project, it becomes 90, 95% are done by brokers, right? Oh. The only way as a newbie you can compete is to link up with a mentor, right? Because mm-hmm. if I have a 10, let's just, you know, let's say I have a 10 unit complex, a 50 unit complex, whatever it is listed for sale. Okay. I'm going to have 10 offers in two weeks if, uh-huh. if, if I'm just remotely good at what I do and it's a remotely good property. And so if I have eight of those 10 offers are from people who own units, have liquidity, have debt relationships, have letter recommendations from brokers, mm-hmm. 
have experience, why on earth would any seller, any broker on the planet entertain an offer? I don't care how good the offer is. I don't care if it's 20% above ask price. Why would you take that person seriously? You wouldn't. You would have to pay so far above ask price and go hard and have very closing, very fast closing in order to overcompensate for taking a chance, right? So, you know, the best thing you can do is get with a mentor who owns units, Mm -hmm. who has money in the bank, who has relationships with debt and other brokers, and together you talk as a group. So if you're a newbie, you call Bo Beery and you say, hey, my name is Chris. We have a company called XYZ Corporation. My partner, George, and I, together we own 64 units in the Jacksonville market. Um, we'd like to acquire another 40 this year. We heard you're the man, you know, that you can find assets. We'd love to give you our criteria. We close quickly. We do our due diligence very quickly. Um, here's the last three transactions we've done, who the debt is that we, that we worked with. You're happy to, I'm happy for you to talk to my debt providers to see how well we performed. Um, the last deal we did was with so-and-so broker out of Tallahassee. Uh, would love for you to call him up and see how we performed. Like that's how deals get done, right? Because yeah. as a broker, my job is to, to bring a surety of close to my seller. And that's all the sellers want. The number one thing sellers look for, and I did this in a poll on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. the number one thing besides price is a surety of close. Wow. Above hard deposits, above quick due diligence, above closing, they want to know that you're going to show up to closing. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and that's only going to happen if you have a history of closing. Yep. Right, right, right. Now, so. it's, it's possible, obviously, as a newbie that you could pick up duplexes, triplexes and quadruplexes. You're going to get lucky, you know, here and there. You're going to pick up some assets. It's a less sophisticated market. The sellers are, are, are not looking as hard at your experience. Yep. But even in that world, if you really want to be good and pick up a lot of duplexes, quadruplexes, link up with a partner so that you're bigger and stronger and that way you can push around the competition. Yep. I love it. I love it. And that's uh that's a word from the wise to uh myself. I I I'm soaking this up, man. I appreciate that. And I think um it goes without saying and that's something that I I preach often is the importance of counsel and and seeking advice from people who have been in your shoes or um know what it takes to get to where you want to go. I, I'd love to hear, Bo, if there's um, certain mentors that you look to or partners that you look to and what you look for in uh, either a mentor or a business partner or somebody that you know you're going to be in a longstanding relationship with that yeah. you need to succeed. No, great question. So um, I have I have a couple of different you know ways that I make money, right? I'm a broker primarily. That's yep. That's my main business. And on the brokerage side, and, and then the other part is I buy real estate. I don't right. buy apartments because I find it to be a conflict of interest in huh. order for me to buy assets instead of getting it to my customers. So I have to buy office. I buy office, retail, and industrial. I would prefer yeah. to buy apartments, but I don't. Uh-huh. So in my two worlds as a broker, I have a commercial real estate coach. I've been with them for a decade. Huh. Um, and and it's uh, you know every month we talk. We talk several times a month. And he gives me, you know, in, in the beginning, it was, um, you know, it was, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, you know, ensuring that I make enough calls, that I do the right things. 
Um, nowadays, though, it's it, I mean, accountability is the word I'm looking for. Mm. Um, I, I don't need accountability anymore. We talk more high level stuff. You know, how can I get my name more out there? He helped me, you know, with with the idea of writing the book, creating yep. the YouTube channel, providing the content, being more of an advisor to investors and just thinking on a whole different level. Right. Thinking above where my brain is even capable, capable of thinking because I'm so entrenched in my own business. Right. I can't see outside of myself. Right. Yep. And then on the investment business, um, what I do is because I'm a full-time, you know, worker, right? I'm, I'm doing brokerage full-time all the time. I don't have time to also be good at investing. I just don't. There's just not enough time in the day, especially when I can't buy apartments. Now, there are other brokers who buy apartments. That's fine and dandy. I just don't do it. Um, and so when I do come across industrial, retail, um, or office assets, I only buy them with management partners. Mm. Okay. Cause I don't have the time to manage them. I don't have the time to lease them up. Um, but I am good at finding those deals, right? Yeah. I don't find anywhere near as much as I could if I were full time at it. Um, and so I rely on just like what I talk about in my book, mm -hmm. which is I rely on my broker relationships, right? To, yep. they, they know that I'll pick up some of those things. Wow. And so I pick up one to two deals a year and have for a long time. And my partner, who oftentimes will either come up with the equal amount of money or, you know, he may not have enough and I'll come up with more. And sometimes I'm light and he'll come in, whatever the case may be. But I want to have someone who's great at managing those assets, taking good care of them, doing the books, keeping them leased, doing the renovations, working the negotiations, all that stuff. And I'm just I'm, I kind of let them do what they do. I stay yeah. out of their hair. That's not my business. And my partners love me because of that. They, they let, I allow them to do what they're good at. And I just collect checks. We, 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 you know, I buy, I try to buy with partners around my age. So we don't have conflicts, right? Yep. For me, I want to hold them forever. I want to throw all the profits at paying down the balances so that when I'm 50 in four or five years, mm -hmm. you know, or 60, whatever it takes, I'll have a bunch of, paid off assets and an incredible lifestyle. Yes. Amen. And yes, you will. Now, if I bought those with 65 and 70 year olds, they want income right now. Right. 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 Um, if I bought them with 25 year olds, <laughs> they would be, they would be very allured by flipping it in two or three years so they can have, you know, $400,000 in your account. Right. So you just got to, you got to have that alignment. And I'm, I'm using stereotypes right now. No. I mean, obviously everyone's different. But you have to have that alignment up front. It has to be spelled out in the operating agreement, whose roles are, how long you're going to keep it, what the thoughts are, all that stuff. Wow, that's good, man. And that's something I think uh, it doesn't really cross. I mean, beginning out, starting out, you don't really think of, right? You think, okay, I'm going to start in business, make a lot of money, do all these things. But there's got to be some logistics and a, a set agreement. So when things do get tough, as they will, you guys can go back to it and say, listen, man, this is what we said. This is what we're going to do. And everybody's like, yeah, no, that's exactly what we did. <laughs> it's super important. I mean, operating agreement is, is for best friends. Like, mm -hmm. that's, it's a, I mean, it's the, the best time to use it, right? I mean, I own real estate with my father-in-law, which was super important, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, what if something happens to my wife and I, right? His, right? his daughter, right? And so an operating agreement tries to cover every single scenario that could ever happen, including when wow. you sell, what you sell, how the value is created, you know, when the two of you could buy each other out, if that at all, 
just try to cover everything so you guys can stay friends forever. Right. Right. Yep. <laughs> Most important part. Amen, man. Amen. I was going to, I mean, we kind of talked about relationships and I think that's a great way to, to wrap it up. It sounds like they're important to you and they yeah. will continue to be so. Um, you talked a little bit about LinkedIn and then YouTube and also your book. I'd love to hear a little bit about your philosophy around content creation, how it yeah. served you in your business, um, your networking and uh, your lifestyle in general. Thank you. Um, great question. I hardly ever, I hardly ever get asked that. So congrats to you, Chris, and I do a bunch of podcasts. But to, for me, it's actually it's like my passion. I mean, I just yeah. I really enjoy. You know, my original degree is marketing. I really enjoy um, creating what I call presence. Right. Yeah. I believe in today's world with all the social media and the internet, and and frankly, the last ten or fifteen years, if you aren't if you aren't super um, out there, then you're mm-hmm. nobody. Yeah, I mean, because there's so much noise out there. And so, um, and, and I believe the way to do that is putting out really high quality content for free as much as possible. Mm. And I mean, by, and, and, you know, everyone understands that part of it, but, but the key words there are high quality, right? Yep. Not regurgitating bullshit you read somewhere, <laughs> you know, not, not getting something that was emailed to you and then posting it. Like, you know, what I try to do is I, I traffic in data and that's what I'm known for. I'm known to be goofy, funny, and data. That guy knows what he's doing, right? And so all I do is I track every single sale and all the markets I cover. I have all the inventory from every property appraiser website that exists. It's all in 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 a CRM that I've created, and it's all indexed by everything you can think of. Age of the property, units, bedrooms, who bought it, what they paid for, type of construction, value add it might need. You know, all these different metrics are in there. And so I can run all kinds of reports. I can tell you, you know, what percentage of the assets are mom and pops. I can tell you what percentage of the assets were built in 1960s. I can tell you, hey, how many units between 10 and 20 units that are student housing that are in Tallahassee that sold in the last three years, they have a mortgage coming up in the next year. I could spit that out in 15 minutes, right? And so the work was getting it all in the CRM, but now I can regurgitate any kind of report you can think of. And so in my social media presence, I have a marketing schedule, right? Mm -hmm. Like literally Monday through Sunday, I have a pre-schedule on what I'm going to do every day. Mondays and Wednesdays are my, my, my market reports. So my, those who are connected to me, those who follow me, I'm going to put out something that you can read in 10 seconds. And it'll be hardly any text at all. It'll be a graph, a pie chart. You know, in today's world, nobody wants to read. Okay. Brokers like to put out 60 page reports. Nobody reads that shit. Okay. Mm -hmm. I try to put out something that you just, you, you read it in your feed and you're like, oh, wow. I had, I mean, that's, I didn't know that. It's really good. Yeah. Right. Tuesdays, I do a regurgitation of my Friday video for my YouTube channel. I just kind of repost it. Thursday, I do something funny, usually through video, but that has a lesson in it, right? Okay. Um, Friday is my videos. Every every Friday, I put out a YouTube video, uh, and it's all about multifamily. It's some some of it's for beginners, some of it's advanced level stuff, some of it's analysis, some of it. Sometimes I put out new listings on there. Um, Saturday, I'm um, Saturday, I am um, uh, reminding people to respond to the poll that I create on Sunday, Sunday, every Sunday is a poll. Okay. And so then I, I house all the polls on my website. So if you go to bowberry.com, 
and you click on resources at the top, you'll see something called polls that matter, right? Huh. Now that I have, you know, whatever, 12 or 15,000 followers, I usually have several hundred people responding to polls. So it's a really powerful way to know, hey, uh, how many years after you buy something do you, do you need to have met your return? What cash on cash do you try to go for and when do you need to achieve it? Um, you know, what, uh, I mean, you know, what, what's your typical due diligence period? You know, and yep. I mean, just all this stuff you can do through polling and you're polling actual investors and brokers. Wow. Dude, that's, that's incredible, man. I, <laughs> I want to acknowledge you for just like the, the, the uh, intentionality behind that. And um, well, you become the expert. I mean, if you're consistent yeah. with it, you understand you do that every single week, week after, and, and whether you're 20 years old listening to this or 60 years old, yeah. becoming the master of data and the inventory and the market and the content you're putting out it's the consistency. Everybody does it for a few weeks or a few months right. and they get worn out. You do it week after week, month after year, year after year, 20 years in a row. Guess what? People know what Bo puts out. Yeah. Wow. People answer their phone when they see my name pop up. People <laughs> respond to my emails because they're not threatened. I'm not calling them up to say, hey, do you want to sell? Right. I'm providing value to them 99 times out of 100. And that 100th time, we may talk about selling your asset. Wow. Dude, that's awesome. So do you have a, uh, do you have like a email newsletter that you also include in? Like, is it? Yeah, I do a once a month email and the email is not again. And it's, it's nothing that you read a bunch of. Like I just, yep. I just did my, my email um, yesterday in that email. It's a typical email. It'll say, Hey, here's a really cool stat. So there'll be mm -hmm. just a, a very small chart. Like yesterday I put out here's how many market rate assets exist in the northern half of Florida. And I listed each market, Jacksonville, Volusia County, Gainesville. And I showed how many complexes there are over 100 units, how many are between 10 and 99 units. This is a quick chart. It's very interesting yeah. to see where all these assets are. Um, the second thing I, I put out was here's the last two polls that I did and the answers. Boom. Two wow. links. And then the third thing I put out were here are the last three videos that got the most traffic. And I put, hey, here's this video, what it's about three minutes long. Here's this video, what it's about two minutes long. Yeah. So they can see right in there, okay, hey, it's only two minutes. Let me play that too, right? And I watch the analytics, like these things get opened and read because it's just, it's me providing value. Yeah. And at the end, I don't say, hey, by the way, the market's hot, we should talk about selling, right? Yeah. Right. Or, hey, right. you know, right. you know, it's just I just want to give good content. Listen, here's the thing. People know I'm a broker. Right. Yep. People know for a living, I only make a living when something sells. I don't have to ask all the time to sell. Right. When it's time to sell, I hope I provide enough value to them over time that they're going to use me. Yeah. And anybody listening to this video, whether what, what job you have, that's what you're going for. I mean, if you're a salesperson with any widget. I guarantee you, you change your game to you just providing tons and tons and tons of value. They know what you do. If you sell <laughs> lawnmowers, they know you sell lawnmowers. Right. But if you're educating them regularly about how to take care of your grass and how to seed it and fertilize it and how to service your lawnmower and who the best lawnmower services are in your area, like I would just be, you know, it's boring stuff, but like, you know, it's once a month, once every couple of months doing these yeah. things. You're the expert. Right. That's awesome, man. And I think that's what a lot of people need to know, especially those getting started, is that it's not people don't really like the salesman. I mean, we, we will go to the salesman when we need him, but we don't like to be oversold or or um, 
told about how somebody else can solve all our problems. But when you go and say like, this is what the information is telling me and just not even asking for anything in return. Um, I like to believe that it's, it's partly biblical that, that you will get something in return. So, yeah. um, man, I, I, I honor you for that. And, uh, again, the intentionality is, is inspiring and encouraging. And <laughs> I have you. to say this cause it's something that I kind of struggle with. I'm never like, what am I supposed to, supposed to put out there? What, what is going to, call to people what's going to get the most traction but um as with everything it seems like consistency is key and just refining the process too because i i assume you didn't have this all figured out from day one Bo. <laughs> no of course Bo. not but yeah. i um but i i will say from day one in in real estate and brokerage i just knew that making a phone call to someone asking something of them from someone they don't know never felt right mm-hmm yeah, <laughs> it just it just didn't. I mean, I, right. I, I you know, when when you and I are sitting at home and we get a call from someone trying to sell something, we know that doesn't feel right off the bat. Yeah. Right. But if they had messaged me through social media, if they had sent me a letter, if they shot me an email with something of value, like you as a CPA, I'd love to be on your on your email list yeah. if you're providing me content. And not big, long written stuff. Just give me a chart like, hey, Bo, just so you know, you know, this is something that you as a real estate broker might want to pay attention to. Here's what other brokers that I'm doing tax returns for have done to save this, have yeah. done to save money this year. Make sure you talk to your CPA about this, Bo. Mm -hmm. I, what that does is it provides me something I just read in 10 or 15 seconds. It was a value. And you were cool enough to say, Hey, I'm not saying use me, like take it right. to your CPA, yep. right? <laughs> and you do that enough, right? I start to wonder like, well, shit, my CPA is not doing that. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. This right. guy, Chris, he's kind of young. Like he's going to be around for 20, 30 years. I, I, I might want to go with that guy. Right. Right? right. Yep. And so you just, you're just wearing people out with how good you are at content and providing mm -hmm. value in their lives. I love it, man. I love it. Thank you for that. I think that, I mean, it serves me for one, but I think it goes far greater than me. And, and that's something that I love about this is that so many people can learn from just the, the intellect that people like yeah. you are willing to share. So um, that's awesome, man. I do want to be cognizant of your time and I appreciate sure. the, the time that you've, that you've gifted us. Um, I do have one final question that I ask ask all of our all of our guests and uh, yeah, yeah bring being, it on brother yeah this being a finance podcast we like to bring it back to money so Bo Beery uh, for you what is one truth about money that most people regard as myth what's a truth about money that people think is a myth is that what is that what you're saying that's right yep um that I think the myth that money doesn't buy happiness is bullshit. <laughs> I, love I mean, it. it's, I mean, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. Um, I, I don't know. I, I would much rather be depressed and rich uh -uh. <laughs> than, uh, than the other way around. So, wow. and, and, and I don't mean that in a, you know, I don't mean that in a kind of hoity toity way. All I'm yep. saying is, is, you know, when you work hard and you make money, it is worth it. Mm -hmm. All right. Amen. Don't create excuses to not do this business in real estate or multifamily or stock investing or whatever. If you're not good at it for, you know, for in the, in the very beginning, in the very beginning months or years, I promise you stick with it and you keep absorbing content. You're going to, you're going to make it there, wow. but don't die early and make up excuses why it's, 
you know, hey, I don't need all that money anyway. I don't need to make a bunch of money. I don't need that kind of liquidity. I'm happy where I am. Yeah. That's just something you're telling yourself. Amen, man. Amen. Well, I do think you're the first one to say that, but I like how you uh, tied a bow on it. And um, hey. it is true, quite frankly. Like, I mean, you're going to go through waves of emotions and it's much better to have those emotions when you have money to fall back on and you don't exactly. lose the house. Or... <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and just the pursuit of having a high income and, and lots of liquidity and a high net worth, the pursuit of that yeah. makes you happy. Right, right. Having something to dream towards, to hope towards, to work to towards can change a lot of people's, you know, chemical mind. Mm -hmm. Right. Wow. It's important. Yep. That's, that's incredible, Bo. So thank you so much for, for your time, man. I do appreciate it. Um, for all the listeners out there, I'd like to point them to your YouTube channel. Uh, I think it's Bo Knows Multifamily, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And pick yeah. up this book right here, man. This is, hey. this is whether you're, no matter what kind of real estate you're buying, multifamily or commercial or houses, that book is the inside look at how stuff actually transacts. That's beautiful, man. Well, thank you. And uh, yes, go purchase the book, go subscribe to the YouTube and connect with him on LinkedIn. He throws content out on the daily. So thank you, Bo, for being here. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk soon, but uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it.